Welcome to the Forward Minds podcast. I'm your host, Joy Asfar. Join me every month as we meet entrepreneurs and innovators who are propelling change in the world of sustainability. Listen to their stories and discover how they are shaping a new lifestyle. Welcome back to the Forward Minds. Joining us today on the show is the LA-based stylist, Cassandra Dittmer. If you followed her work, you'll know that she passionately champions impact forward fashion, transparency, and inclusivity, while always finding the best sustainable brands out there. Stay tuned as we discuss everything from finding the right values to more conscious shopping habits. So, Cassandra, you're a stylist, you're based in LA, and you have 10 years of experience working with celebrities and red carpet. I'd love to know how you got there, where you're always passionate about fashion. How did it all start? Yes. Well, hi, Joy. Thank you for having me on the podcast. I'm happy to be here. And it's crazy to uh, the 10 year mark. I think this year was was pretty crazy. It's it's weird to have been doing something for 10 years. <laughs> and yes, hit hit that mark this year. And I've always been very passionate about passionate about fashion. I feel like I've probably said that for 20 years now. <laughs> um, you know, get sick of saying that. But you know, it's true. I've really always been interested in fashion. Even, you know, I grew up in Iowa, so I'm from like the country of, of you know, the States where fashion is really not, you know, not prevalent at all. It's just not the industry there. It's not, you know, super common to be really interested in that. And even from a young age, I have, and my mom is really, is super, super fashionable. So I definitely get it from her. You know, there's all the pictures of like my mom in the 70s at in college or her and like her homemade, you know, metallic hot shorts and bomber jackets. And, you know, I feel it always comes from the mothers. Always. (laughs) So, you know, she is, you know, super, super fashionable, but fashion was never really, you know, she was never really able to pursue a career in that. So I feel like she really, both my parents, but, you know, my mom really like fostered that in me. Even, you know, going back to I like memories of being on my grandparents' farm and my mom and I are like watching runway shows and, you know, everyone else is like watching football, you know, so it (laughs) definitely like was was a part of me, a part of me from a young age. And so I did go to school for fashion, merchandising and design. So that's one of the things that I've consistently, you know, how I've participated in in the industry has changed, but I've definitely always known that I wanted to participate in fashion in some way. So and styling, how did you end up in LA? So when I was in college, I did, I, and I still went to college in Iowa, and I did three internships. I went to New York, LA, and then studied abroad in London, because I was like, okay, I'm either moving to one of those cities. And LA just kind of, I think it's the weather, honestly, you know, the weather really captured me when and as much as and I still you know London New York dear to my heart but being able the 24/7 just like sunshine and the just the vibe there really like just totally captured me I think especially coming from Iowa you know seasons it's cold it's more like midwest north and so that was just super attractive to me and I I didn't necessarily go there to work in entertainment. I think a lot of people kind of move to LA to be like, I want to be the movie industry. (laughs) I want to be a movie star or something. 
And that definitely wasn't what brought me there, you know, the entertainment industry. But I did, but the styling industry really, I mean, you can style everywhere, but I think the styling industry, at least at the time, was the biggest in LA. And what I was so attracted to in the styling industry is like, I felt like it was this, it was this unique niche where, you know, you needed to have design, design knowledge, but you weren't necessarily physically constructing garments. And I, I liked that balance and also kind of the idea of, you know, being your own boss and kind of, you know, the sky's the limit. I always kind of, when I was young, I didn't, I didn't think of myself as having, a, you know, an entrepreneur type of mindset, but, you know, looking back, I really did like it never, you know, I've really only had one like corporate job or contract. And I think I feel really stifled in that type of environment. And so having more of a corporate designer merchandising job just really never like appealed to me. Absolutely. And also it's as a stylist, I guess you also work more closely with clients and you build a relationship with them. And as a designer, when you said constructing garments, it's a different, it's a different story. It's a different vibe of the client. Absolutely. And I love, I, I think too, something with styling that I love is that human aspect. And I'm definitely a people person. You know, I get, I get my energy being around people. And so the idea of, you know, maybe being in a room and sewing all day or, you know, some of those different types of work <laughs> situations didn't appeal to me as much. Like, I love how, you know, weird and intimate and unique, you know, you're like running around to people's houses and hotels and, you know, meeting people in showrooms. And so I think I just liked that kind of spontaneity. Exchange. And, yeah. And then you really do, you know, connect with people that you consistently style, you know, it, it really is a relationship. And so I think I really, that, that really like resonated with me. I liked participating in that way. And I'm, I think that your next, the next part of your career, which is now, is uh, building up on that. You decided to focus on a more personal uh, wardrobe styling experience. So one that is integrated with the client's values and more specifically sustainable styling. So how did you get into sustainable fashion? What drew you there? Yeah. So as 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 we're moving moving through my career path you know the first couple years five six years you know being in LA I felt pretty fulfilled by just learning that industry learning the red carpet press tours assisting and then once I went out on my own and you know you have a company it's your name stamped on the paper you know it's it's your own your own personal ethos is really attached to to how you differentiate yourself within the industry. And I feel like a lot of the stylists I look up to, to have, you know, have a niche. My old boss is a renowned menswear stylist. I, I thought it would be nice to be, to have like a niche within the industry. Like let's go to Cassandra for this, or let's do something that kind of feels specific in that way. It just sort of became clear to me over time that working with sustainable designers and, you know, championing ethics and a lot of times not always smaller brands, but a lot of times smaller brands or emerging brands was just really fulfilling to me. And it felt like a niche in, in the industry that just really was untapped and deserved, really deserved a platform. It was also really just kind of born out of the idea that I felt like the conversation of, around what brands really stand for and their ethics was just missing from was missing from styling, was missing from like that conversation. You know, it was always 
in fittings, I felt like it was always about, okay, XYZ celebrity wore this, or this brand is on the runway, or, you know, things that are cool in, in their own way. But I really felt like I, what I was always thinking in the background is like, oh, but it would be so much more strategic or so much more meaningful if we worked with this brand and they also make a gorgeous black dress or, you know, they, they also do this. And, and tell the story of the brand, the storytelling of the brand, where it comes from. Exactly, exactly. And, and you know, I think because for myself and people I work with, you know, we work to try to create these deeper, you know, these deeper connections to our clothing because it also translates to how you care for them, you know, how you shop. It, it kind of digs into all of all of those kind of habits around how you consume. And I just felt like that whole, that piece was really missing. And I was like, okay, this is, and it's, it sounds maybe too simple, but it almost just felt like the right thing to do, you know, when you're able to take a step back and be like, what's important about this industry? What's going to move culture forward in a way that I'm, you know, proud of? And our increased transparency in, in, in the industry and in all industries, you know, is like, is just beyond And so it just became super clear how I wanted to, how I wanted to work. And also, I remember we had a little chat before this, we were talking about how you would, you know, style a businesswoman, for example, and not only about the style, it was about the styling itself and the clothes, but you wanted the clothes to transpire your values and represent what you think and what you believe in. And I remember that was, that's a really tough thing to do to find the right style with the right values that you want to fit and that's actually your job now to be able to find the brand and to fit your client's values so yeah that's quite exciting yeah and and so that so you know you're right now kind of how i you know collaborate with clients or brands is the inception of how we work together is this conversation around alignment of values so you know of course we don't want to compromise you know, aesthetics, or if you have an event, something might be time sensitive, you know, there are there are other constraints within each collaboration. But the inception is how do we align your values to your work? You know, everyone has causes that they care about, you know, everyone is trying to champion, whether it's ethics or sustainability, integrating diversity, I haven't met someone yet who doesn't have have some sort of a value that they are trying to evoke in different ways. You know, now we just have, there's so many brands out there that it's like, even your, even your everything from your basics to what you wear to an event, you know, actually you are, I know it's overused, but you know, you are placing a vote, right? You're spending your money, you're spending your time. You know, I, I really work to not kind of have these like quick one-off solutions, but to really try to be more of a resource and kind of bring my clients along on that journey too. Yeah. But I mean, that, that takes me to my next question, because I would say that part of your job is to change habits of your clients in terms of their closet. So you either work for an existing closet or you purge in a way that closet, you revamp it, you try, you know, eco-friendly pieces to fill in gaps that we have in our closet. So it's in a way a very different approach to the styling job that you had before, where you would, I would believe sometimes just find a brand new piece for an event so what changed in your process recently? What, how did you approach this new styling job? So, you know, a couple of years ago, I kind of had to take this stance, right, of, okay, we're working with ethical designers, sustainable designers. And, you know, as much as I, I might love other pieces or want to suggest them for clients, 
I have to like take a stance of how I want to, how I want to participate. And, you know, I really do think changing, changing people's habits and how they work, you know, I've definitely evolved just my styling process in general, in the sense that like, if, you know, someone approaches me and just says, oh, I have a a job tomorrow or, you know, a stylist shoot tomorrow, can you do it? You know, chances are I I won't be able to do it because I've even had to, you know, change the styling process into the fact that, you know, that's also a slower, a slower process of, okay, you know, if I'm putting my name on it and I I want you to get to the point too, where you're like, okay, if I'm putting my name on it, you know, we're both kind of co-signing that we took time to be thoughtful with our brands and our curation. And, you know, slowly over time, not every, you know, not every client is able to or willing to participate in, in that way. But a lot of, a lot of people are, especially new clients, you know, now new clients are really typically coming to me with either either a cause or specific kind of value they're looking to champion. Actually, even more often than that, too, people are just kind of coming knowing knowing that they want to do better and they don't know where to start. I think that's probably actually even more common of just, okay, this, you know, I, I know I'm not, I know I'm not doing it right. Or I, I want to be better. You know, how do I start on my sustainable journey? You know, how do I be just more conscious as a consumer. And honestly, I think that's, I think that's the most fun is being able to just kind of be more of this resource and support system that also will still find clothes that are aesthetically pleasing that will still, you know, get you ready for, you know, still offer styling advice, right? Like, okay, these shoes with this, this with this, you know, still a stylist, but just kind of subverting the idea of what it means to be like an expert in this space. I think we can, I mean, we talked about it at some point, but we can relate both to that. I think that when, when I started looking at sustainable fashion, I was overwhelmed by the amount of brands, the amount of concepts I didn't know. And so having someone like you do that work and just bring me the best of sustainable fashion, the best of the fashion that's going to fit with my values is a huge help and is actually going to, allow me to make that shift, which is a really important shift. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people want to do it, but they're they're quite intimidated sometimes also by sustainable fashion. It's one of the points that I've realized as well. We don't, you know, we we believe that people know a lot in sustainable fashion because there are concepts that we keep hearing, but ultimately they don't. And so I do education is something that you try to bring into your new styling business. Yep. Basically over the last year, one of the main ways I've pivoted my business is making an online styling platform that I call eStyling. So I used to in the E's, the E stands for ethics, environment, and economics. And that's kind of my version of sustainability that I that I say often is, you know, how to consider the three E's in every collaboration. And so what I've done is and how I've pivoted is Yes, when it's safe safe to do so again, I you know will take on online styling or in-person styling jobs. <laughs> but currently everyone I'm working with is through this digital platform, right? So it's just my website and then there's almost like a spa menu type of thing where it's really like laid out for people. You can like pay on the site type of thing. And that's also kind of how I've pivoted to, you know, anyone can book in, right? So 
you know, I'm working with a congresswoman, athletes, different, you know, different people, business women, you know, kind of people on the whole, on the whole gambit. I think it's because the fact that it's online, it becomes less intimidating. So you would get clients that you probably wouldn't get passing through your door. Yes. But online, they buy, I think, a package, something like that, right? Yep. So online, they can buy a package. And that was really in, in line with one of my main goals, right? And to make, again, even, even tying into this, you know, early phase of not being super attached to necessarily working with celebrities or, or VIPs, you know, making sustainable fashion more accessible and reaching more people was something that I'm really passionate about. You know, even friends and family, you know, when they'll text me like, I want to buy, I want to buy jeans. What should I do? You know, I, I get those texts every day, which I love. And so knowing that, okay, you know, people, this is, this isn't just a highbrow celebrity need, you know, this is something that like should be accessible for everyone. And I think online too, you know, that it's really outlined for people of, okay, if you want a closet consult, you book in at this time, or, you know, here's time options to book in. This is what you need to prepare, you know, really outlining it for people. So hopefully it feels a little bit more accessible and digestible. Sustainable fashion is usually quite expensive and having the opportunity for you to offer kind of a cheaper sustainable service allows people to maybe spend more later on, uh, which I think is really important. Yep. And I, I agree. And I think, you know, also included with most of the packages is I do brand bios and I do resources kind of in a little, you know, asset for people to to keep. And based off of their questionnaire, which is kind of the first thing they fill out, I'll kind of, I'll grade the brands for them and say, you know, this is the brand bio and this is, you know, they ticked XYZ of your, of your boxes and this is why they're included. You know, I know kind of a lot of, again, you know, other people have imagined digital fashion services. And again, I think that's kind of the one thing that is still continuously missing, you know, whether you get a curated box of goods to your home or, you know, a lot of other brands or people are doing things at least in the same vein. But I, again, I still always felt like, okay, but I want to know what these brands are and why they're important. And, you know, I, I want to know about them. And so that's included in these packages is the why. I think that's really important, knowing the brand, where it comes from, the values. And usually they have really cool stories to tell. And I think the more people know about the brand and the more likely they are to buy again from that brand because they can they start relating and they you know, they get attached to the story and to the product. So that's definitely the way to go for. I agree. So working with brands, that's the other um, part that I wanted to talk to you about. It's what's your selection process? I know you're basing it on your ease. So yeah, how do you select the brands? Do you approach them directly? Do you speak to them? How is it an easy process? Are brands happy to open their books in terms of sustainability? Yep. And, and so I... I have, I've experienced, I feel like the full spectrum of, you know, brand collaboration in the sense that, you know, there's some brands I suggest and put on client boards and they might not, you know, even know that I'm necessarily suggesting them. And then I have brands that will have full on relationships with, or, you know, chat with, 
something that I do is every time I suggest a brand to a client, I send them like a welcome to the community email that just lets them know that we're using them on our styling board, that we'd love to, you know, chat with them. We'd love to hear more about their process. You know, we we would love to, you know, kind of further collaborate in any ways that are meaningful to your brand. And as long as I feel like there's enough info online, even if they don't answer, I'll still include them. And, you know, it's interesting because so many people, and this has probably been the hardest part of, of styling of styling people sustainably is that there's so many versions of that, right? So someone might, and I, I try as hard as I can to be super transparent around, you know, the fact that I'm an expert, but I'm also a student. And so I might suggest something, but, you know, you're also vegan or you're also this, you know, every brand doesn't tick every box. And I definitely, I really try to think of it in the sense that like, as long as a brand is, you know, visibly holds at least one initiative, you know, they're sustainable in XYZ way or they're ethical in XYZ way, or they have at least, you know, one standard, we're at least, you know, willing to work with them in some capacity. And then I just try to relay that to the client, right? Like, I know they use recycled materials. I don't have a ton of info on like their exact factories or, you know, I try to relay as much info as possible to just kind of let them know where they stand. And again, on the brand side, you know, of course, when people answer or wanting to collaborate, you know, that's always nice, right? Because it's cool to be able to tell a brand or to tell a client something that they maybe can't even find on the internet, kind of give them some insider, some insider knowledge, I guess, so to speak. But, and, you know, another thing to speak to that is like, I approach all of my, all of my business in the sense that like, I always want to call call people and brands in and not call them out. So, you know, you only are able to show, of course, there's a level of accountability within brands, right? But I firmly believe that by fostering fostering that community, you do, you know, especially if they're smaller or, you know, more emerging brands, you're kind of like, Hey, let's, we're like in this together. I love that you're doing this right. And maybe, you know, I can even help you do more right. Or, 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 you know, hopefully, you know, you do it on your own or, or, you know, we have find new knowledge at the same time and are able to help each other. But I, I try hard to find that balance of if a brand is doing something cool, I want to support them. They might not be doing everything right, but I, I do believe in like fostering that community. And I, think two clients generally generally appreciate it because it comes from this place of like okay we we want to kind of bring people up together and i think once when when it's outlined in that way people normally normally get it you know you're not trying to like get away with with saying a brand does something that they don't do but yeah so it, it it's a tricky space <laughs> now it is a tricky space i guess it's all about i would say also transparency from both sides so transparency from the brands uh, because 100% sustainable doesn't exist. So there's going to be places where there are trade-offs. And the same goes for the, your clients. They're never going to be able to find something 100% sustainable or that fits 100% of the value. So where are they okay to do some trade-offs? So I completely agree. And I think also what I really like about what you were saying is working with the brand towards, for the ones who agree to talk to you, obviously, towards some other 
you know, to change some other areas for, for the better. So if they're doing something good in the, with a good social impact, maybe you're going to tell them, listen, my clients were thinking about, you know, using some different types of material and we can relay that information and then work towards a more positive impact. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a really funny question because I've been looking into vintage fashion recently and secondhand, and I, and I was wondering if you would actually... <laughs> If it was possible for you to offer this to your clients, if not, are you considering offering it? Is it, I'm not really sure how that fits into your business model, because obviously, you know, vintage fashion is, is a, you have a difficult supply of it and there's a sizing issues and, you know, all the different issues that I'm sure you're going to mention. So <laughs> is it something that you, that you would consider? Exactly. And I definitely would, would consider it. It's much harder to do with the online services. I've definitely done more vintage shopping in person with clients. And I think, you know, as you were outlining, you know, it, it can be difficult online with the sizing or, you know, the stock, there's normally one of them, or, you know, sometimes you're bidding on it, or, you know, I, I feel like a lot of times with vintage, there's a, some more caveats. Having said that, I do I do include vintage on on some people's boards. It tends to be people that I've maybe worked with before. So I can kind of so they're not you know turned off by this suggestion. Or if I know them you know better, I might be like Joy would definitely dig this, and she'll understand why I'm including a piece of vintage on her board. And it's something that I hope to be able to do more and more of. And I I think too with the you know year that we've had a lot of vintage designers and dealers have figured out they're also kind of working on their virtual solutions too so i'm hoping that we'll be able to i'll be able to include more and more and it's definitely something that people have asked for and so i'm i'm always wanting to be able to include include more but you know it's it it, it is tough to do completely I can see that even buying for myself online for vintage fashion is, is tough. You, you always think you're going to make a mistake and, you know, you always doubt about the quality or the, the, the condition of the piece. So, but I really think it's, it's really out there in many, on many different websites and there, there has to be a way to, to include it at some point. So, and I'm pretty sure people are, as you said, asking for it. I think with vintage, it's as long as people are, you know, because some of these people that are new to sustainable fashion are new to vintage and they just like, are like, oh, maybe I shop vintage now, but don't really know, you know, what, what that might entail. It's definitely something that has to be outlined more in the sense that like, you might pay for this, you might not be able to return this, you know, you might, you, this might not fit you in the way that you think, you know, so kind of, I've tried to create some cliff notes to vintage pieces, but no, it's something I definitely want to do more. That makes sense. Great. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward. <laughs> Maybe you can send me some, some advice for myself. Yes. I want to go back a little bit to your relationship with your clients. So as you mentioned before, you said you had new clients, obviously that approach you for sustainable fashion and just to kind of manage their way into sustainable fashion. What about your previous clients have you managed to convince them to move into sustainable fashion are they open to the idea it's not to shame anybody or it's just to understand the, the you know the, the, the vibe landscape. and the, the landscape yeah. yeah i would say about about half 
of my clients are are kind of are willing to you know previous clients are willing to participate in in a sustainable way for a lot of clients i just started doing it <laughs> in the sense that what i suggest and bring to the table meets their criteria and is sustainable and i think that's kind of has been the easiest way to switch some people's mindsets of in mm-hmm. the sense that we can collaborate basically in the same way, but I am going to really prioritize working with these brands that can meet this criteria. And I, I, I definitely a couple of times have had had the rack of sustainable options and then maybe have the rack of some brands that they're used to and have had that conversation of, okay, we can wear this, but if we did wear this, which is just as cool, it would be this alignment of values that I think would be cool for you. Yeah. So I would say about half, about half of clients. Um, and that's also just in the sense that like a lot of people haven't needed styling in the last year, year and a half. You that's know? very true. Now it feels like two years, you know, have, have opted to kind of not have styling, which completely makes sense. It's actually quite hard to style ourselves to get out of the house for the moment. <laughs> so if we forgot how to do it in exactly. a way. <laughs> so, but in terms of your, in terms of your clients agreeing to touch to sustainable fashion, I guess it's about maybe in their mind, the aesthetics of sustainable fashion until now, up until now, we would say that a lot of the brands didn't meet the design standard of non-sustainable fashion, if I may. Um, maybe think, now things have changed. So if you, you know, if you mix the racks up, maybe they won't notice and, you know, and they'll pick something that is sustainable without knowing that it's a sustainable brand, which is a huge plus, I would think. Exactly. And, and I think people that are, you know, shopping now are almost forced to be okay with this kind of slower mindset because things have been so crazy, you know, so shipping is is been hard in every industry you know things haven't been available for tons of industries you know i've had issues with like shipping and inventory and you know kind of this slower slower approach i've had a lot of clients that are like okay i'm not really i'm not really buying anything right now because i'm you know i'm i'm putting myself on a buying freeze because i don't need anything and even even people that normally wouldn't say that. So I think because people have been at home, consuming less, doing less, it kind of has slowly opened up this idea of being in this slower mindset of, okay, we don't need this super quick, like I have something three nights a week and I want new things to wear to them all the time. It kind of opened up some, opened up a little bit of landscape to slow people down a bit. Slow consumption. Slogans, <laughs> Slogans if, if, if you can put those words together. <laughs> um, but it's also a matter of, you know, let's say you get, I mean, you know, X amount, let's say 500 euros or 300 euros. But the idea is to, instead of buying seven things with those 300 euros, it's buying two really good things, which, the, which at the beginning, that's the amount that you would have allocated for, for your fashion buying. So it's just, as you said, another way of thinking differently about your purchasing. Yeah. To conclude, as we're getting close to the end, yes. I would love to have your advice or to give us three tips on how to start shopping more consciously 
if you had to give us three, what would they be? Okay. Ooh, I know it's a tough question down. because it's we'll so, it but... okay. so <laughs> something that I have implemented for myself that I find helpful that I also try to suggest for clients is at the beginning of a season, not that people even necessarily shop completely by season anymore, but whenever you kind of have an itch to get new clothing or, you know, fashion week happens or something and you're like dying to get new stuff, I try to make a list before I buy anything and wait a couple weeks. So if I'm seeing, okay, all of this type of dress or this type of jumpsuit or this type of top, you know, keeps like coming up in my mind and coming up on my Instagram feed and I'm thinking Mm -hmm. about it. Following you. (laughs) It's following you because (laughs) the internet's creepy and it just pops up on your ads all the time. I, I try to make a list and set an amount of time, like a couple weeks, and then reevaluate my list again of what I want and try to, well, A, of course, if you can find an even more sustainable option for something, that's cool. But really, really just think of the things that are continuously happening. You know, if you're thinking about buying a new white button up and you continue to think about it over the course of a couple of weeks, then maybe that is something you should buy. And so just, it sounds kind of silly, but even just the idea of making a note in your phone of the things you're thinking about and then Xing Wait. out of it and coming back to it later, kind of like, okay, I've, I've made this note. I can revisit this at some point. <laughs> I don't need to buy this now. I know it's hard, but that's a, you know, a good way to start approaching this. And then within that time, you know, really try to challenge yourself to be shopping your closet and possibly upcycling something that you love. Like in this in this period where you're waiting to see if you deserve to buy something, <laughs> you know, try fixing something in that time, right? Okay, I, I love my pair of black boots that I've had forever. Can I mend them? Can I fix them? Can I make something that I already own reworked in different ways? When you're able to do it in in that way, like at that time, okay, I want all of these things. Let me make this list. Let me then shop my closet, revisit this list. And, you know, I, I know that's that's a process and people are busy and they just want to buy, buy, buy. But when you kind of like take it, take it in that way. And then I guess like my last tip would be, you know, try to trying to like kick that dopamine, that dopamine kick of buying something yeah. <laughs> by educating yourself and trying to become a resource. You know, so I love, I feel like one of my personal, you know, missions and mantras is I love knowing the story behind what I'm wearing and being able to share that. And so when when you're <laughs> after you've upcycled, after you've shopped your closet, you made your list, now you're buying a couple of things really take a little bit of time to learn about these brands, to be able to become a resource to your friends, your family. You know, that that feels pretty special when you're able to, someone compliments you or you get something new and you're creating this deep, this more kind of emotional and thoughtful attachment to what you're wearing. Because then it all circles back, right? To then next season, next time you're wanting something, you're kind of, you're slowly starting to integrate that process and mindset. And so I really think kind of working in that way. I really love that. Actually, I think it's, uh, I do I actually do the, the, the part of the buying and putting it aside. I do that, but I love that you, you know, that you sync it with the repair because it's kind of like, okay, I'm getting something new if I end up buying it. 
but at the same time, I'm going to repair something in my closet. And the research part, I think it's, it's essential because it also makes you want to buy something and you're basically discovering the brand and knowing more. So, so thank you. I think that's great. And I hope many people will, you know, start doing that little process in their closets. Yes. I really enjoyed talking to you, Cassandra, today. Thank you so much for being here with us. Always a pleasure. I love being here. Thank you. And uh, I'd love to see what's coming up and keep us updated. Head over to theforwardlab.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and get more on Cassandra's website. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back next week. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Bye.